Hey, and welcome to another episode of Career Convos and Coffee. My guest today is joining us from across the pond, Melbourne, Australia, RJ Singh, creator of Ultra Habits. RJ is on a mission to enable executives to create and sustain ultra performance in all areas of their lives through the power of ultra habits. RJ, welcome to the show. Hey, it's not often we have two sings on the podcast, right? Yeah, sing squared. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but thank you for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I've been looking forward to just having a conversation with you. I know a little bit about your your story, and it it's uh, it's an incredible story. And I, I'm so excited to be able to share this with the Career Convos and Coffee audience. So tell me a little bit about Ultra Habits and how it all started for you. Yeah, so Ultra Habits is a, a culmination of my career and executive life. You know, my experience as an ultra endurance runner and I suppose my life journey all culminated in this expression, which we call ultra habits. So I really understood that working with an athlete's mindset and really having this kind of holistic view on performance was giving me a competitive advantage in corporate and executive life. And I wanted to be able to disseminate the learnings that I had gained through my journey from, you know, from mentors, from wonderful conversations to just just learnings in in my own experience in, in Ultra Habits has become the vehicle to do so. I know that a lot of what you've done is a result of you coming from a place where you've struggled as a young man to a place now where you're very successful. But we usually don't really hear about the struggle, right? Usually on social media, you'll hear a lot about uh, accomplishments. You'll see a lot of celebrations, things like that, but you don't really hear about those struggles. So I want to dig a little deeper there and, and ask you about ultra habits and your personal struggles and how that like keeps you going. Yeah, that's a great question. So, so Paul, I think we need to reframe our view of the struggle, right? Like when we're when we're amidst the confusion and the chaos and we're we're deep in the struggle, it can be very difficult to really embrace the fact that that struggle is taking us towards our better self because it's painful and it's hard and we don't necessarily have a future view. But what I've come to learn is that the struggle and actually creating struggles intentionally is transformative, right? Like, so nothing that, you know, nothing that has been connected to my personal transformation or any transformation of those individuals that I've witnessed has come from anything but struggle. So I think, you know, I think there's a balance. Like, I think that we're... You know, we have a society where some people can't get off the couch. They run away from struggle. And then you've got people that 
are beating themselves up through struggle, you know, there's what, what, what I tend to find is that performance and high performance resides somewhere between that, where we can embrace the suck, do what's difficult. And, you know, for me, my personal struggle, and we can go into that, was massive. You know, it was around addiction. It was around crime. It was around a broken sense of identity and self. And I had to move through that to just function, like not even like forget talking about being successful. For me, I had to move through that just to be functional, like to live. Yeah. And ultimately I found high performance on that journey. But I learned very early that the struggle is where we're defined and we're molded. And if we're not willing to expose ourselves and really fall in love with that struggle and embrace it, I mean, that's the human story. That's the hero's journey. That's why we watch movies, right? We watch movies because we want to watch someone struggle and someone transcend that struggle. It's part of who we are as humans. Yeah, no, that's great. You know, I was just thinking about something similar, like the reason that we like want the hero to be successful in the movies because we've learned about their struggle and we've seen what they've gone through but then we've seen their resolve and they're trying to do something and they're trying to go somewhere you know as we as we're thinking about starting a new year as we're thinking about new habits as we're thinking about new career opportunities or career development options like there's some things that that can help us and there's things that that obviously can hurt us one of those things that can help us is our habits and we have to be able to develop these habits but it's not that easy right it's not just developing habits it's not just writing down your new year resolution on paper and that's it because we do that every year Right. So most New Year resolutions are around, for example, exercising and fitness and health. But 43% of, of people will fail by February. So what can we, from a habit standpoint, what can we do to get past just thinking about doing something hard and then yeah. doing it? So, you know, there's a lot of conversation amongst the performance community and people that are performance orientated around New Year's resolutions, right? So I'll talk about my experience and I'll connect it back to the previous conversation we were just having around the hero's journey. You know, most people I know are more interested in watching the hero's journey on Netflix versus creating their own. So I'm far more interested in my own story than others through TV, right? And I think that's an important comment to make because we tend to think that the hero's journey is for other people. You know, Goggins said one thing, he said many things, but he said a, a few things that have resonated for me, but he said this one thing that we need to be our own hero. I'm my own hero. I, I use other people's illustrative examples 
to maybe inspire me or to give me a view of qualities that I want to access. But I never, I never view life as I, I always put myself at the center, if that makes sense. And I think that then ties into your next question around habits. So the people that are performance orientated, they don't really make New Year's resolutions. They optimize. Okay. So they'll use the new year as an opportunity to reflect. You've had Christmas, you know, there might be a lull at work. It's great to have a point in time in the year to assess. And the new year is a great time to do that, right? Because of the nature of being a new year. So a performance orientated individual will assess what's worked, what hasn't been working, where do they need to optimize? What do they need to get rid of? And I can talk about for, for uh, you know, your audience, what that looked like for me, if you, if you want me to go into that. But so that, that they have no issue because they've got the baseline habits that will then support that optimization, right? It's tweaking, it's subtle, right? The people that are like not keeping up with the resolutions, the problem is, is that they're trying to incorporate these habits all of a sudden. And as my mentor says, the same people with shitty habits are making these resolutions and there's no transformation with who they are. And so how do they expect to miraculous, miraculously support these new behaviors when in week three of January, the fanfare is over? In the United States, it's freezing. And let's, let's, you know, let's, let's look at an exercise resolution. That means you need to get out of the door and you're living in the East Coast of the United States and you don't have any habits to support that. And you've had 28 years or 30 years or 40 years of crap habits. So that therein lies the fundamental issue. So for the person that is not performance orientated before they go into habit restructuring and habit change i would advise that the individual needs to become more interested in really starting to understand who they want to become and that ties into that whole piece of writing your story yeah. right you should be your own movie how do you want your movie to play out. How do you want your main character, which is you, to look like at the end of that movie? Right? And when we start to become super, super, super crystal clear on that, and we fall in love with that vision of ourselves and dedicate ourselves to that vision, that's when we'll start to move towards habit restructuring that will support that. We can't restructure our habits without tying it to our sense of identity, our sense of self, our sense of who we're becoming. I've just never seen that work. Yeah, yeah RJ, that's really good. And and you know who, who does this really well? The military. <laughs> the Marines. I mean, 
you think about uh, I'm an army veteran, but I'm going to pick the Marines. I'm going to talk about the Marines. Yeah. When you think about becoming a Marine, you see the uniform, you, you have that picture in your head of what a Marine is, what they look like, what they stand for. And that's what recruits get when they get the basic training. They get they get that picture that drill instructor is building a brand new picture of who you are and who you will be. And so there's that plus the daily physical exercise, but it, it doesn't go away. It's coupled together with that new identity. So it makes perfect sense to think about habits a little deeper than just setting a list of goals in the beginning of the year, writing it down, and then that's it. But if you don't, if you don't have a deeper understanding of, of what these habits will do, then it's for naught. It's for nothing, right? We can't value that which we don't understand the impact of. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. we can. And so I would argue that the individual that has made a resolution because they think they should be fit because others are saying it and society is saying it and their doctor is saying it, but they don't necessarily value that. They can't sustain it. And I've learned this through getting sober and, and being in the recovery community, dude. Like I've seen people die. I've watched them die. I've watched them kill themselves. I've watched men drink alcohol, wearing diapers in men in their fifties that are drinking themselves to death. They cannot stop and their bodies are falling apart and everyone knows they're going to die. They know they're going to die, but they can't stop. Now one can say, yes, they're addicted. And there's many things that we can talk about around that. But it, the, the fundamental fact remains that they do not value the change enough to move through the transformation piece and the discomfort and the pain and all the crap that's going to come with that to change. They don't value that enough. Our willpower will support what we value. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Good good yeah right like our willpower will conform to that so we have to figure that out and define that before we even talk about habits i i think so gopal like i've been accused of being intense right but like i mean so someone might be able to go for jogs and you know and do healthy things and be a good operating human without being super intentional but I've never really experienced that, right? Like, and we're talking about high performance. We're not just talking about being, right? Like, I, uh, so my view is if we want to move towards high performance, like we have to be super intentional. Yeah. So yes, I think defining how and what we look like at the end is critical because once we define who we want to be and what we're moving towards, what the target is, then we will start to be able to develop the habits and behaviors that will support that. That's so good. You know, I'm thinking about folks that are dealing with change, career explorers, people that are looking at different options for their life. And it makes me think about 
it's not about just scanning Indeed or LinkedIn for jobs. Like it's it's a it's an, a whole other level in the same in the context of this conversation is you you're figuring something out about yourself, about what you value, who you want to be, and who you want to help in this world. And all that is connected to a career decision. Yeah, I think it, I think it it depends also where you're at in your career, right? Like if you if you're talking about this in the context of career, you know, I've got a couple graduates in this office, so I'm doing some contract work, right? I've got two graduates, and one of the grads, she's very young. She's being rotated, and she's been seconded to 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 Melbourne to be in this office. I like people that take initiative, and she likes to take things off my plate that I don't want to do, and it's actually good for her, right? And so she is like exposing herself to all this varied content, and she's helping me with ma- management reports and. This is gold for her. She's like 20, 21, right? She just got her degree, you know, honors, and now she's helping someone who's on the exec team with stuff that's quite privileged, right? And she's trying to get this really varied experience. She says yes to everything right now because she's trying to understand what she likes and who she wants to be. Now she's in her 20s. That might be different to someone that's in you know, middle to kind of senior management where you're starting to become a little bit more, you're at the business end, right? So I, it really depends on where you're at in, in your career. But again, you know, I think there are certain qualities that irrespective of where we're at in our career, we shouldn't be, we, we should look to be embracing that are going to move us towards whatever, you know, success, success is, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, this has been an amazing conversation and it's causing me to think while I'm interviewing you. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so if there's a long pause, that's me that's just good. trying to make connections here. And so I'm constantly trying to make connections to make sense of everything that's going on around me, make sense of the relationship. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad because sometimes there's, there's not a, you just have to get it done. You just have to do it. But for me, sometimes that can, that can be a challenge, but no, but you know what, Paul, just with that, I think, you know, there's a lot of research out there that suggests that that is a competitive advantage and that requires deep thought, right? Like, so what you're talking about is meaning making. Right. I mean, again, that goes back to the original conversation. That's fundamentally is humans who we are. Like it's 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 ingrained in I I would say that making the connections and meaning making is w- part of what makes us human. You know, like I mean that the fundamental question that human beings have been trying to answer since the dawn of time is why are we here and what are we doing? I mean, I mean that's why the Bible exists, 
you know, so it, it's really an attempt to make connections and, and, and to make sense and to make meaning. And so I, I would say that on a, on a more granular level in our lives, the ability to see the connections, particularly at work or in your career, and to make those connections through whether it be concepts or relationships is is key again that 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 like you're you're being proactive you've got an intentional position in life if you're doing that yeah yeah and i think it helps you manage your your time and your resources and the things that you say yes to and the things that you say no to right because those things that align to your specific goal and who you're trying to be and what you're trying to accomplish you you don't really have time for anything else honestly you don't have time for anything else because time is finite for us we're we're, we're time is money and that's that's what's valuable today is your time you know whether you're t- spending your time with your family with your loved ones or you're doing something that's a waste of time like that's kind of how i'm starting to look at things and and maybe it's getting older right i don't know yeah 45 this year will be 45 this year and so i'm starting to think about things a little differently maybe maybe this happens earlier for some people but it's taken me a while but it's an interesting journey and i'm so excited i think this conversation is amazing for january and i hope it's causing our listeners to really think about everything like your habits but not not just your habits like go deeper like you figure out you figure out those things that are important to you figure out those 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 things that you know subconsciously that you need to be doing and then start to craft that journey that story about you like take advantage of the time and the gifts and the resources that you have and start to create that story and i think that's that's something great and uh, RJ, I, I'm sure we'll talk more because this is so this is so brilliant the way the way that we're approaching habits and the way we're approaching the new year. And I just appreciate your time today. Appreciate getting to this this conversation. If you are interested in learning more about Ultra Habits, I will link all of RJ's content and connections in the episode description. I really appreciate you, RJ, being on the podcast and and sharing a little bit of your journey with us today. No worries. 